0: This is the Patriots Catch 22 Podcast with Evan Lazar and Alex Barth.
1: I'm Evan Lazar. I'm Evan Lazar. Evan Lazar. Hello everybody. Nailed it. Joined as always 22. by our Barth. That's a fit. that's a match. No risk no risk it. No 22. Here is Evan Lazar and Alex Barth. I, I know this sounds like a first world problem. It it total poor is. Evan. It totally. Poor is. Evan has okay. to go to
0: Las Vegas and watch football. Oh, oh no. It's, it's how is I'm he sorry. gonna get it's by? Just not,
1: that's the story of my life. I, I feel like every every other week... Do not make me poor Evan, you two there, shows in a row. There's some sort of poor Evan moment all, all season long when I would even have a little bit of an ounce of complaining about having to, to travel to a road game or something like that on Thanksgiving... You know, whatever it was, Alex in the in the brigade down in the media workroom. Poor Evan. Oh, my goodness. All right. I get it. All right. It's first world problem. I'm spoiled. I am very lucky. I I understand that. That doesn't mean that sometimes, you know, things are are kind of stinky. All right, Alex, Evan Lazar, Alex Barth, Patriots Catch-22. We got a big theme of the show today. Okay, hang on. Before we start,
0: before we start though, real quick. I, I was, you know, I'm in the other room. I got here early. I was listening. It to was unfiltered. killing me. He's
1: texting me from the other room. Yeah, I was trying to get, you, trying to get you
0: to laugh on air. Yeah. You walked into a poll.
1: <laughs> okay. So we were telling old stories about when we went to Patriots games as fans, you know, before okay. we did this for a living and went at, as, uh, you know, reporters. And the story that I was telling was Jacksonville Patriots, I want to say it was 06 right 0506 somewhere in that range a divisional yeah. wild card round type game and it was one of the coldest games I think still on record at Gillette Stadium it was it had to have been wind chill negative in the negatives right yeah so uh, we went to the game we stayed for the whole game as as is tradition and I, I'm walking out of the game at the end and I had my head down because I was so cold that I was just trying to yeah you know, look one yeah. foot at a time one foot in front of the other to get to the car and i i walked right into a gillette stadium telephone pole outstanding yes out and i was mind you i was like 13 so i wasn't even drunk like yeah this was no just, I, no yeah just <laughs> this is just sober kid me uh being dumb yeah All right, I just needed that story. Yep, so there's that story again. So everybody that was listening to Unfiltered (laughs) has now heard it twice today. Okay, now
0: we can get into your theme.
1: So I I like themes. I, I, I enjoyed when we do this because I think it's a good jumping off point for the show. So everybody wants to talk... Wide receivers. It's the it's the fun position, let's face it. It's the fun position to talk about. It's not the only position the Patriots need by any stretch of the imagination this offseason, but it's the fun position to talk about. So my theme, my question that I want to present to people, and people can call in 855-PATS-500. You can email in webradio at com. and this goes hand-in-hand hand with what I posted this morning of my wide receiver rankings that we're going to pick through here a little bit as well. How would you like the Patriots to go about upgrading at wide receiver. Do you want to see them trade for an established wide receiver? Do you want to see them draft a wide receiver? Do you even believe that they actually have better receivers than we think because of what they were dealt with coaching-wise last year? I'm willing to, to hear that argument, that bringing back Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne and Devontae Parker and Tyquan Thornton in his second season, like I'm willing to hear that argument that maybe it all gets better. With, with the with Bill O'Brien back, so what what direction would you like to see the Patriots go in at wide receiver to hopefully eventually maybe if we if we, a man can dream that yeah. we finally get one of those guys right one of the yeah. one of the, and you know what I mean one of those dudes like how do they go about doing it uh, how would you like to see them do it and uh, we'll we'll start with that and we'll also get into like I said uh, Jacoby Myers's market. The wide receiver rankings for the draft that I released today that I know that a bunch of people have already chirped me in the emails, it looks like, about how much they hate my rankings. Good. Good. And you can tell me how much you hate it as well. But let's start there. Alex, how would you ideally... Now, obviously, it doesn't have to be... We can almost do rank choice voting with it, yeah. right? Like, it doesn't have to just be one answer. But how would you ideally like to see the Patriots approach wide receiver this offseason? I... I am really not interested in the big true X outside
0: receiver. I know that that's what's sexy, but we've talked enough about the Bill O'Brien offense running through the slot, right? So I think T Higgins is an outstanding player, especially given what he costs. Eh, I'm not like, I'm not saying if they trade for him, it's a bad move, but I'm not super interested. Uh, That being said, and I've talked about this a lot. I want a guy who's proven he can do it in this league. I'm not very interested in the draft, not high, and not as the only move. I think if they want to supplement in addition with the draft pick, there's certainly some good options there. But I want a guy who's proven he can do it and a guy who can play in the slot. Doesn't need to be slot exclusive. Can be one of these hybrid guys. But a guy who can step into that Julian Edelman, West Welker role in the Bill O'Brien offense. That guy's Jerry Judy. Plain and simple. Okay. That guy is Jerry okay, Judy. Okay, so
1: what are you giving up for Jerry Judy?
0: So I look at what A.J. Brown went for last year, which was just a first-round pick straight up. Right. I don't think Jerry Judy's... Or, let me rephrase. It's not that I don't think Jerry Judy's as good as A.J. Brown. I think he's probably closer than most people realize. He's been in a bad situation. But he's not worth what A.J. Brown was worth. Does a
1: second-round pick get it done? Maybe. I heard a a trade that we had a caller call in today and said, like, a third this year, then a second next year. Oh, yeah. To try to, like, stagger it a little bit. Sold. Sold. Something like that. Do it.
0: I'll go pick him up from the airport. Um, Logan or, or Providence. Either one. <laughs> either one. Uh, it's that good of a trade. You know, maybe if they want to throw in another pick, I'll do. I'll do Logan. It's a little closer. Um, <laughs> at least to where I live. Um, I you know, I would even consider. And I don't believe the Broncos have any first-round picks, right? I feel
1: like I've said this on the show, and then people have called me on it. So I did. They, they got one back, I think, for the Bradley Chubb trade, right? They traded Bradley Chubb to Miami, yeah, and I think they, I think they
0: since traded that, that for Sean Payton, yeah, so they don't have any picks until the third, but like if they can somehow get you know or or maybe it's in the future, something like that, like I'm not giving up a first round pick, I would swap first if that opportunity presents itself, or you know, like you said, second and third in different years, yeah, absolutely, I would do that, and then I think there's other ways you supplement that in the draft, but You add Jerry Judy to this group, I think you're in shape. The one thing I do not want, I really like their depth at wide receiver right now. I think Devontae Parker's a really good number two. I think Kendrick Bourne is a really good number two. A guy that's not going to get number one corner attention is going to get one-on-one coverage. He's going to win a lot in that circumstance. I think Tyquan Thornton can maybe get there. I don't want another guy that's going to come in and just sort of sit, in the middle of that depth chart and right. bury Kendrick Bourne again, or bury Tyquan Thornton. Like I've seen people ask about Zay Jones.
1: Zay Jones is ju- you're just adding yeah. Kendrick Bourne again. Right. So right. we got an email earlier, like Juju, uh, DJ Chark, Like yeah, some of those guys, I put are those agents. guys, they're
0: basically in that same tier with Bourne and Parker. So could they add that guy on top of adding a true number one? Yeah, I guess. Again, I don't really see the point in that at that point, go to the draft and get somebody with upside. But and by the way, this is all assuming I think Jacoby's gone. I think right. they're going to get priced out of his market. I want a veteran that comes in day one. You talk about this all the time, the Tuesday meeting, right? Yes. When the other team sits down in that Tuesday meeting, the first guy they bring up, I am not interested in a, them adding another receiver unless he's going to be the first guy in the Tuesday meeting because otherwise it's just redundant.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's exactly where I'm at as well, but I'll just add to that. I think the fourteenth overall pick should be on the table in a trade for a wide receiver. Judy even? So the question is is which wide receiver, right? Right. I'm but not gonna say I, that
0: across the board. Like it's a very vague statement from you.
1: I believe that this off season I think somebody is going to come available that's worth the 14th pick, and okay. I know that I, I can't use a crystal. I don't have a crystal ball, right? So I don't. But last year, if you, I had told you last year before the offseason even began that Tyree Kill and AJ Brown were going to move, right. you right. would have said, "What are you talking about? Why would either team do that?" So I believe that somebody of that ilk is going to wiggle at free because he's going to be disgruntled or contract negotiations are going to go south or something along those lines. And if I am the Patriots, the 14th overall pick is on the table for a wide receiver. I think there are other needs tackle uh, size at corner, like those things I think you can address on day two of an NFL draft. I don't think you need to use the 14th pick in the draft on that, especially in this class, which is pretty deep at, at those two positions, I would say. So, Let's say you know at forty six, now you know maybe you draft Darnell Wright from Tennessee to play tackle for you, sure. right? You know like there's tackles, Jalen Duncan, uh, whoever. I I would say that that needs to be on the table. I think we're at the point, and this is sort of my bigger theme of it. We are at the point now in the NFL mecca that we can no longer sit here and say that the number one wide receiver is not worth it. You can't say that anymore, right? If you look across the league. The teams that were the semifinalists this year were fourth, first, fourth, fifth, and seventh in pass EPA per play, right? The Chiefs, the Bengals, the Niners, the Eagles. They're all top seven. All right, let me me translate that to English,
0: too. (laughs) A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. And the Chiefs don't have that guy, but they have Mahomes. They're, they're well, they the have exception Kelsey. to the rule. And they have Travis Kelsey. Okay, fair. They have Kelsey. So
1: every single team. But and I, d- then, I don't
0: want to do the Kelsey thing because then people are going to start asking us about Michael Mayer, and that's well, not we the can answer. Get, we
1: can talk about that, though. We're okay. not talking. We, this isn't about tight ends, necessarily. It's supposed to be wide receivers, but we can make it pass catchers. I think okay. that's a general f- fair point.
0: Jameer Gibbs catches passes. Let's stop it.
1: Okay, so we look at, <laughs> just in general, top Seven teams, you know, the top four teams in the league this year were top seven in pass EPR per play. Number two was Buffalo. So probably like the fifth best team in the league was was number two in the league in that stat. Every single team, I think the only team that was in that group that didn't make the playoffs the Detroit Lions, who barely missed the playoffs, right, and and were an upstart team this year.
0: Yeah, just sort of weird. Um, Can I try phrasing this a different way? Because oh,
1: because people don't know what EPA per well, play is. Well, <laughs> no, I just I,
0: I think you're overcomplicating the argument. Um, I'm just going to name some receivers here. You tell me how many guys are better than this group I'm going to name, or like how many of these guys are in the top ten. Okay. And I, you're going to figure out what I'm doing pretty quickly. Um, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel, A. J. Brown, Devonte Smith.
1: Okay, wait. What am I answering again?
0: Okay, just the point being, like, <laughs> you remember when the, the Patriots <laughs> had that? T- just ran it off a bunch of names. Okay, the point being, if you look at the playoff bracket beyond the wild card round, yes, pretty much all of those teams, but two, right, have elite wide receivers, and
1: yeah. and Jacksonville's getting Calvin Ridley back, so they're going to have an elite wide. Well, receiver. They're in it, but
0: they got there without him. It doesn't. Right. Hurt.
1: But my point being,
0: how many elite wide receivers were left out, or like aren't included in that group? Right. It's not many. It's Devontae Adams, who I don't, like, that team was just a mess. Right. It's DeAndre sure, it's Hopkins, team. who only played half the year. What other receiver? Justin Jefferson, I guess, would be the other guy, but he was in the wild card round at least. Yeah. Like, all of the elite, Evan, this goes back to my big picture point. It's shifting away from the elite quarterback, because how many elite quarterbacks uh, miss do this? The, we're, we're, does just, no, 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 no. Let me track. make your point for you. Uh, Because I'm I'm making your point. Okay. How many elite quarterbacks missed the playoffs last year? Like a sneaky good amount. Yeah. Or at least didn't get past the wild card. A a couple of them, Herbert, right? Brady. Lost in the wild card. How many elite wide receivers missed the playoffs last year?
1: Not a lot. Yeah. Not a lot. I I just, we are past the point because I, I, and I say that we're past the point because I think there was a once upon a time that existed where I, I agreed to a point with this argument, I, I, I liked the way that the Patriots went about things of spreading out the the resources at that position instead of just giving it all to, to one person, right? But right. I think there's two things that have happened in the way that the league has gone now. One is that wide receiver or number one weapon, like if you want to call yeah. it a tight end, is now the second most valuable commodity to a franchise quarterback. The only thing that's more valuable in the league than a a number one bona fide stud pass catcher is the quarterback. Right. That's it. Okay. Number two is that there are not necessarily so many elite tier receivers, but there's so many receivers that can play in the league that you can fill out the the two through five on the depth chart pretty easily. I'd say the Patriots have already done that. For cheap money, with draft picks, with you know Kendrick Bournes of the world, right? Like that's a very attainable thing because every year now in the draft, there's 20 receivers that come in from college football, and even though not, you know they might not all be stars, they can all at least play as as a top three receiver yeah. in offense. And let me add to that too. I think things have
0: changed specifically about with the Patriots. Remember, like the two three years ago. Oh, they got to go get Odell. And me and you on our old show, we pushed back strong on that. And people said, what? You don't want a number one wide receiver? But they had so many holes to fill. They needed tackles. They needed corners. They needed a quarterback. They needed tight ends. They needed, you know, they needed everything after 2020. They've built up the rest of the roster pretty good now. You can start sort of going at, I don't, luxury's not the right word for one of these number one wide receivers, but they weren't in a spot where they could overpay for one player because they had too many holes to fill to give up that many assets to only fill one spot on the roster. I'm not saying the roster's perfect outside of that number one wide receiver, but I think they've done a good enough job putting the core together, especially this year where they have almost no pending free agents of consequence. Even their two best players, Jacoby Myers and Jonathan Jones, they're already sort of deep at those positions. Those guys wouldn't be monumental losses.
1: Yeah, they're also mid, mid-tier mid free agents to be... Maybe not Jacoby, but Jonathan Jones, I think, is going to be sort of a middle-of-the-road free agent. Uh, the of the teams day.
0: might see... He, it depends how you look at it. He's the best slot corner available if a team wants to play him at slot corner. Yeah. That's it, another conversation. The point being, they are also now in a spot where... They couldn't have overpaid for wide receiver they're, two years ago. They would the, have set
1: themselves back. They're in the now spot that Philly and Buffalo yes, exactly. and Miami, they're in that same spot that all those teams were in. And that's why I said, I know you said it was vague, but the reason why I made it a little bit vague is yeah. because I, I don't know who's going to become available necessarily. I don't think any of us truly know. Right. But that 14th overall pick, that asset, should be on the table if the right guy comes available. Now, the one thing that I think maybe you and I might differ a little bit on is that I would be okay with trading the 14th overall pick for T Higgins I'd be okay with that I would I just like I wouldn't sit here and say it's a bad trade so the reason but why they... I would be okay with it is because I think then you can come back in the draft and take Jaco- a Jacoby Myers replacement sure right so you sure. got, so you go the cheaper route on that Plus I'm more confident in you evaluating, developing that type of skill set than I am the outside skill yeah, set. Yeah, I'm just
0: I'm still worried about tackle if you do that. I'm not saying it would be a bad move. I'm not saying I'd sit here and say it's a bad move. But they'd better really have something they'd better be willing to spend some big money at tackle. So if I, that's the case. I
1: think they could get a tackle. I think they could get a starting right tackle at forty six. Okay. So I think they can get a starting right tackle at 46. And what, then what,
0: keep Trent for another year?
1: Right, keep Trent for another year. Uh, maybe you j- draft another tackle uh, uh, on day three at some sure. point with one of those 17 fourth-round picks that they have, right? And you, tra- you take a Tyler Steen or something like that yeah. there, and you grab that and you double dip. I-, I just That asset should be on the table for the pick. And I would also put on top of that in 2017 they traded their first round pick for brandon cooks and then they yeah. immediately traded brandon cooks for a, a new first round pick the next year right they 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 played him on his fourth year of his rookie contract yeah. they traded him on the fifth year of the rookie contract i don't want that anymore they no, they no. need to trade if, if they go all in well, on you couldn't receiver, do that
0: with you couldn't do there is no guy you can do that with this year
1: no because higgins and judy were well judy you could is, wasn't Judy's second round pick? No, Judy's first round pick, like sixteenth overall. T. Okay. Higgins was a second round pick.
0: You're right, fifteenth overall. By the way, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I go get a guy long term that you're going to pair Lock with him Mac, up, and yeah, do the whole thing. That be so. Here's an interesting one though, and it maybe it's not quite at that level. But would you take Brandon Cooks back? Not for fourteen. No, but
1: no, I would take him. That one's like maybe third round pick. That maybe is like a pick swap. Because his contract is pretty hefty and he's getting up I don't there. Think it in is anymore. I don't know. I'm not trading very I'm not trading huge assets for Brandon Cooks at this point. But I, I just don't I don't want to, like...
0: Oh, it is still massive. Never mind.
1: I don't want to trap us into, like, it having to be Hopkins or Higgins or Judy. Right. Because I'm telling you, someone else is going to come available. I, I'm not saying it's going to be someone... It's not going to be Justin Jefferson, right? It's not going right. to be someone that good, uh, I don't think. But it, it's going to be someone. And, and I would like the pay, the Patriots to be all in. All right. So, that being said, I, I, I guess let's keep it with the veterans for a second, because we're both in on the veteran market, I think. I think that's where we would like them to start, at yeah. least at the position let's let's uh pivot a little bit to jacoby here because we talked about him briefly so i, I looked it up in uh pro football focus they do like a draft projection uh, excuse me a contract projection article every year on uh, free agents and you know how much they expect uh, those guys to get so Jacoby Myers right now is projected on a four year 64 million dollar deal with 40 million guaranteed so basically 16 million a year and you're guaranteeing the first like two and a half years of the deal right that's that's how they're breaking it up for him would you do it what do you think he's worth it? Like, where do you stand with Jacoby right you, now? You got to give me those numbers again. It's four for sixty with forty guaranteed. That's basically it. What's that per? Sixteen million.
0: And so over the cap has him, or not over the cap? Spotrac has him at twelve and a half. It is four year fifty. I just, I don't, I don't think I would. I don't think I would if, I think Jacoby's really good at what he does, and in the write off, I don't. The way the Patriots' offense is constructed, right? They need more after the catch from that position. I agree. Like, I look at Jacoby, if I'm the Eagles, I throw... And they have some money to spend. Like, they sneaky have some money to spend. Now like,
1: they're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts, but... How many how many people are you going to feed in that offense? You already have Goddard, plus the receivers, plus the run game. Like, I, I look at
0: him there, or like, if, if Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, right, where they have those afterburner receivers, and him being a sticks mover I just don't in this offense without that afterburner guy I don't think you can pay a guy who's a sticks mover that much I just it it doesn't make sense especially with if Bill O'Brien's offense is going to look like it was the first time when when he was here and if it's going to look like it did in Alabama you need a guy in that spot who can create after the catch and that's just not one of Jacoby's skill sets
1: right so I'm totally with you on that the question that I guess I have is uh it, let's say they go out and they get that number one guy you know yeah. not, i wouldn't say judy cuz that's you know too much overlap right if players, you're going to get jerry but, judy they're playing the same position right, you but can't let, have both let's say let's say they get t higgins yeah. right and and i get where or deandre hopkins yeah. or mike evans or yeah. whatever so I, I actually think that jacoby would be a decent compliment to those guys but unfortunately now you're allocating like 40 million dollars right. to gonna, wide
0: receivers at, at that point that that's my thing like they're going to have to spend that kind of money on a wide receiver i don't there, there is a way in where keeping Jacoby makes sense strategically. Yeah, if you take the money out of it, right? Like you just said, if you pair him with T. Higgins, that's an a great pairing, gun. right? Right.
1: It's but, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, but Patriot version, right? And Tyler yeah. Boyd, I think, is a guy who's
0: very similar to Jacoby Myers. Yeah. Although you don't have Jamar Chase, but
1: I, <laughs> they, let's not get greedy. It's
0: a, it's, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches there in Cincinnati. Shout out Trags. Yeah. I, I don't. There's not. They're not going to spend all that money on one position. They're just not. So. See, to I, go out and get that like guy that. that we're
1: talking about? I don't like it. I don't like that we can't spend all of that money on one person. I Evan, don't like it. this show's not
0: about what we would do. Nobody cares what we would do. We're not running the team. <laughs> well,
1: I'm telling you that you... The team needs to change his thinking. We just got an email uh, from Mike, okay? And Mike yeah. said this is exactly what I'm saying is I have an issue with, with the way the Patriots think about these things. And I'm getting mad at them for something they haven't even done yet. Like, I just want to put that out there. Maybe they do change their thinking, but based off of their thinking, Mike writes, bill would never trade number 14 for T Higgins. Higgins is allegedly demanding a fortune to resign. Welcome to 2023. Right. Okay. Where AJ Brown goes for a first round pick and a hundred million dollars where Tyreek Hill goes for six draft picks and $100 million. That's the market. That's the world we live in now. If you want to compete, we read off the stats earlier, and this is why I wanted to get out there, that the the numbers earlier on the the top four teams in the the playoffs this year, the semifinalists and where they ranked in passing efficiency. If you want to compete at that level, we are at the point in NFL times, whatever you want to call it, where – you need to be an elite passing attack. You need to be a top 10 passing offense in the NFL to win anything anymore. We can just look at the last five years uh, as a sample, right? Of If you want to go case study, like Super Bowl matchups, we can do that. If you want to just go trend in the league, we can do that too. If you are not an elite passing offense, you are not winning jack in the league anymore. So this this notion that they can't give up a draft pick and a big contract to a wide receiver because that's not what Bill would do. That needs to be what Bill does. Like he needs to change. They need to adapt because that is now becoming the second quarterback, right? Like the the, the contracts, yeah. the assets needed for it, all of it is becoming the second quarterback. And, and that's just the reality of the situation, and if you don't do that, you're going to be stuck throwing the football to the guys that they've been throwing the football to the next couple last couple of years, which are uh, those mid-tier players. And you're never going to get there like that. You're never going to get there. Now, obviously, drafting them is the best way to go because that's the cheapest route. You draft a guy, he's on a rookie contract, he's cost-effective, he's yours for at least four years like that's the best way to go about it but the problem that we have and we'll get into the list here shortly is that they're not very good at that
0: right can I add one thing to what you just said and yes. it's kind of off to the side but I feel like we need to hammer this point home because I feel like there's people listening to me talking about don't get the X get the slot and yeah yards after the catch and rolling their eyes you need to be a good passing offense that doesn't mean you need to be the Buffalo Bills or Kansas City Chiefs you can be a good passing offense without having an elite downfield presence.
1: I mean, the Chiefs didn't have a really an elite downfield presence this year. You're
0: right. And, and, and honestly, in the Super Bowl, where did it turn for them when they started with the yards after catch opportunities? San Francisco 49ers ranked 24th in the league last year in yards before the catch. And now that you brought up the Chiefs, I'm trying to find them. They are... Wow, they might be... Anyway... San Francisco 49ers actually had the, the same yards before the catch as the Patriots. The difference is they added two yards per catch after. Right. So I just I, I want to clarify what we're saying. You need to have a great passing offense, but there's more than one way to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's
0: why like that's why I, I look at it and say, Well, Jerry Judas should be on the table, and I get he's not T. Higgins, but there's another way to do this.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I I'm, I like Jerry Judy too. I I, I would take Where Jerry Judy. Oh,
0: the Chiefs are tied for twenty fourth with the Niners.
1: Yeah, they were not a, a big time passing downfield passing offense no. this year. They always have been, but not this year because they traded Tyree Kill. Their receivers broke the most tackles though. I I just I think that this line of thought. I know some people have this line of thought, like with uh, similar things with roster building, like team speed on defense, linebacker, like that sort of thing. And I'm not necessarily dismissing that either. They need to evolve what they're thinking at the wide receiver position. They tried to do the let's just pay a couple of different guys and spread the ball around two off seasons ago when they signed Aguilar and they signed Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry. And it made it better. But it didn't make it great, right? And they need to be right. great to win Super Bowls and compete for championships in this league now. And I know there's a whole conversation well, about the quarterback. And that I mean, stuff let's be too, honest too.
0: They tried to do the spread it around thing, and then had an offensive coordinator that refused to spread the ball around. That didn't help either, right?
1: So that's where we're at. I want to take this call from Patty, and then we'll get into my rankings. But uh, I'm I, I really feel like uh, we need to just change i understand what you're saying that people care what we think bill's gonna do they don't care what evan lazar and alex barth would do but i'm telling you what i think that they need to evolve well so so for
0: what it's worth for what it's worth we did this on the show a couple weeks ago evan we haven't heard the term uncharacteristically aggressive yet we need that but some of these moves they've made it does feel different so i think totally going by the status quo isn't right either I think that we do need to leave room for them to expand and grow, but to me, that's trading for T. Higgins and paying him $100 million. I think then paying Jacoby Myers another sixty. million, no. I don't know that they're willing to go to that step yet. But I I, no. I I could see them growing to the point where they see the success the Dolphins had, the Eagles had, and they, they're willing to take that step. Just,
1: yeah, to, to close the book on my Jacoby thing, I think if— Jacoby ends up becoming below comes in below that market value let's say he's closer to like 10 to 12 yeah then i think you start to entertain that as good wide receiver two money let's say it becomes like three for 40 yeah then that then three for 40 for him and i think four for 40 i don't think he takes
0: like i think he'll get better than that yeah but 3 for 40 and then for the Patriots you buy that year back yeah I could see that's that's yeah like you said good second receiver money
1: yeah I, and, and there's uh Jack he emailed it and said that there's no way Jacoby's worth that go ask the Jaguars and Christian Kirk how much Jacoby is worth yeah player here on the open market he's worth it this and is, I'm not saying he's worth it I'm saying on the open well, market no, he but he, will he get that. it's it's look I gotta see in
0: economics in college but I understand this much an asset and I hate to refer to like people as assets but it's the only way to do this Yeah, An asset is worth whatever the market deems they're worth. Jacoby Myers, it doesn't matter what you think Jacoby Myers is worth. These contracts get bigger and bigger every year because the cap gets bigger and bigger every year. Jacoby Myers is only worth as much as the team that's willing to pay him the most money. And I guarantee you it's going to be more than we think it is.
1: Especially if he hits unrestricted free agency because he's probably going to be the best wide receiver available. Yeah, and
0: and then you get into supply and demand like it's a... It's a good year to be a wide receiver free agent. It really is.
1: All right, Patty, what's going on? What's going on, guys. Not much.
2: So, uh, quick, quick comment and quick question for you guys, Alex. I love your take on Mahomes being Rodgers of balls. Thank you. And, um, my my uh, question is: Have you guys taken a look at Mozzie Smith, defensive lineman from Michigan, yet? And um, I'll throw out some some stats per Feldman feldman freak list over the summer he had a 33 inch vertical a 945 broad jump and a 965 three cone time he also logged 22 reps of 325 pounds on the bench press and the nfl only uses 225
1: i have not looked at him yet i did some stuff on defensive linemen but it just is defensive linemen in general and thanks for the call patty um I'm not really sure how—you they. can always use another big body up front, right? Like, you can keep yeah. that covered stock every year. If they took a defensive lineman in the fourth round just to keep it rolling, like, no one's going to complain. But I, I have a tough time seeing that as, like, a major need that they I I don't think this guy is, like, a, a top 100 pick or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, he is. That.
0: No, he is. He's going to—he he might sneak in the first round. Oh, okay. Well, he's that's one the of case, these guys know. that— you know how I feel about Jordan Davis? I'm not yeah. going to compare him to Jordan Davis because I don't think he's that level of athlete. He's not going to run sub-five. Yeah. But 6'3", 337, and then the numbers he mentioned there was some of the ways he moves. He is a great athlete. He's going to kill the combine. It's going to shoot his stock up.
1: Yeah. I'm not, like,
0: I I take it if the Patriots want him, but they're going to have to use 46 to get him. And I don't, I don't know. I We saw some guys, and look, they're not 340 pounds like Smith is, but... Whether it be Dante Stills, Moro Ojomo, some of the guys you saw at the Shrine Bowl, it's a it's a pretty good year for defensive tackles. I don't think that they're in a spot where they need to overextend at that position. And Smith's a great player, but i I don't think they need to be that aggressive at that spot.
1: I think that yeah, I I guess defensive line to me they have to be so far and away best player available when they come up to pick and they don't want to move off the pick, right? Obviously they don't want to trade down or something like that where I, you know, I watched the, the, the kid from Texas tech, uh, Tyree Wilson, I think is his name. Uh, Really talented player. I mean, he, he's, he jumps off the film at you, all the things that you'd want to see uh, with a player like that, but taking that guy at 14, I, I don't, I don't know. Right. Like it's, it's not really the best way to use that asset this year i don't think. right that's, yeah that's all my opinion is all right let's get to uh the wide receiver rankings that i posted today kind of uh use that to piggyback on this conversation and turn to the draft we talked a lot about uh you know nfl players right veteran players that they could go out and acquire and jacoby myers and things like that so i posted this this morning or uh, or late afternoon and uh there's definitely some pushback on one player in particular and we're going to talk about it a little bit talked about it a little bit on PU as well but uh, we can get my take but I think originally uh, what my plan here was this is sort of tiered as well as ranked right so I I think it's it's also
0: it's for the Patriots it's not just overall that's
1: a really big piece of it and what I was going to kind of explain with the guy that I'm saying was a little bit controversial where I had him ranked is that this is 110% through a Patriots lens like who are the best fits in the draft for the New England Patriots if I were to make a rankings list of just the best receivers in the draft it would probably look a little bit different than it did that came out okay so these first four names and i'll do it by the tiers when i read them out these first four names i feel like are the tier one guys in in this draft so are these the guys you'd use the 14th pick on so this is the problem right this is an interesting question
0: this is tough because to me that the first tier should be the guys you take with the 14th pick
1: so I don't know if I would take any of these guys with the 14th I head. love that. Honestly, I love that. That's because what's tough about So this. many people say just take the
0: first-round wide receiver. I heard you guys talking about this on PU as well with the quarterback, right? We'll just take the second-round athletic quarterback. That guy's not in this draft. Every draft class is structured differently. There are guys, and this is true at every position every year, a player being a first-round talent, does not necessarily mean he's a first round pick and a player being a first round pick does not mean he's a first round talent it can go both ways yeah take a wide receiver at 14 doesn't mean anything unless you attach a name to it you don't just get to say take a wide receiver what if there some of these guys that we're going to talk about who are going to go in the top 10 might not have
1: been first round picks last year yeah. period take a wide receiver at 14 doesn't mean anything it's relative right it's all relative so this is I didn't want to get too into the big picture with the draft with this because I really just wanted to talk names but I think the one thing that I after doing the deep dive into this class the one thing that I do see as so I guess I can not a concern a worry whatever you want to call it 20 through 40 feels like the sweet spot for this draft a wide receiver from that Instance, I know when I bring up this draft, everybody cries about Nikhil Harry, Yeah, but this draft reminds me a lot of the 2019 draft, where Hollywood Brown was the first wide receiver taken. I think he was like 25th, right? And then Nikhil Harry was the second one, and he was 32, and then all the good guys went early day two, mid-day two, right? Like, you know, the A.J. Browns, the Debo Samuels, D.K., McLaurin. Like, all those guys came after that. So this draft reminds me a lot of that draft where I think a lot of these guys have the potential to be studs in the NFL, but their sweet spot is probably a little bit further down the board than where the Patriots are currently at. So my tier one sort of guys here, uh, number one on my list, and it will be number one on my list unless he absolutely bombs the 40-yard dash at the Combine jackson smith and jigba from ohio state number one i thought you think he's not going to run so i i looked at i looked to dig dug into this a little bit and it said that he is plant was going to be healthy enough to participate at the combine okay so if he participates at the combine we we talk about this all the time if he's running a 40 at the combine it means he's going to run faster than we think right if he's not going to run fast and he's not going to run Right, well, or maybe he'll wait for his pro day where he gets a little bit of a of a nicer clock, a little bump. Yeah, right. So if he runs at the, at the combine, he's going to run quick. So to me, the reason why I like him so much is his just his route running, uh, his nuance. But I think that his suddenness, his quickness at the top of the route, off the line of scrimmage, like those are the separation qualities that I think stand out maybe a little bit more sometimes than just straight line speed. I think sometimes we get infatuated with 40 times in straight-line speed when what we're really looking for is guys that can separate. And I think JSN separates with that suddenness, with that burstiness at the top of the route, off the line of scrimmage, you have those little sudden movements of lateral agility where he can just explode quickly in a cut and get in and out of the break and create separation. Uh, Some of the player comps that I've used for him uh, in the past, like a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, who ran like a 4-6, right? But is just tearing it up I mean he's got like 2,000 yards in his first two years
0: Jarvis Landry back in the day yeah Jarvis
1: Landry those types of guys Jarvis Landry
0: ran the same 40 as Jordan Davis
1: yeah they he was he might have been hurt when he ran that forty. I know but like it's still I just my thing with Smith
0: and Jigba and look I I say this take now I reserve the right to change my mind if if, if, after seeing him run yeah they need that yak ability and so I think you watch the Super Bowl guys like Kadarius Tony guys like Isaiah Pacheco who could create after the catch they need speed, Evan. They I don't just, know. They need speed, I don't, and I don't know. think Smith and I don't know if he gives it has, to
1: has. Uh, it's fair. I don't know if he has like home run speed. I don't think he does, where he's going to take a 5-yard slant and turn it into a 40-yard gain. But I think he'll take a 5-yard slant and turn it into a 12-yard gain, right? And if he can be a 100-catch guy out of the slot that averages 11, 12 yards per catch— that's a straw, that, a straw that stirs the drink type of guy. But they've right? always
0: been able to find that guy elsewhere, whether it was Edelman or Welker. Like they've been, you don't need to use the 14th pick on that guy.
1: I just don't think that that happens anymore. I don't think you find that guy elsewhere it's, like it did 10 years ago.
0: Maybe not undrafted or in a throwaway trade, but I, I don't think you need to use the 14th pick on that guy either. Okay. And if they wanted
1: to, but they have to use the 14th pick, that's fair. I. They, they have to at least trade down and, and target him in the first round. Sure. Yeah. And look, if they get a guy like T. Higg,
0: well, then they wouldn't have
1: the okay. pick. So so J, I, yeah. I'm infatuated with JSM because I just watch his film and I'm like, that's... Because you like him as the route runner. That's how, the, that's how it's supposed to Let look. Let me ask you this. Right? You're, you're talking about the ceiling,
0: right? You yes. said the ceiling is like Amon Ra St. Brown. Yes. How different is he than Kendrick Bourne? Amon Ra St. Brown? No. Smith and Jigba. Different. When you look at the projection. Different. In what way?
1: I think that he's way more consistent getting open. Okay. I think he's way more consistent getting open. But as, like a, as a guy who can dictate coverage. I think he dictates coverage in the middle of the field. I don't necessarily think that you're talking about, like, we got a you know, comb bracket double or whatever, this guy like that. But I think he keeps bodies in the middle of the field for sure. And he has a really great understanding. But the whole
0: problem is there's too many bodies in the middle of the field
1: already against
0: them. They need to spread it horizontally.
1: I guess. I don't know. I just know that that guy's going to catch 100 balls in the league. That's all I know. I know. I know he's So gonna... is Jacoby Myers. No, not like this. I think you're going to drop that guy into that Julian Edelman, Wes Welker slot roll, Troy Brown, whatever, and he's going to catch 100 passes and he's going to have 1,100 yards and he's going to be an absolute chain mover for you, just like he was at Ohio State.
0: I just think they need more. Okay, a more explosive okay. angle than that. Okay, so, Look, dude, let I think me get it to jig was, I think it jig was a first round pick. I think he's a really good player. But if we're gonna take, if it, we're doing a receiver at fourteen, I like this next guy a lot
1: better. So let's do two and three because here's your explosiveness, right? Yeah. I love Jordan Addison, and the reason why I probably have Jordan Addison number two and not number one is because I'm not trying to. I'm trying not to be biased towards Jordan Addison because he's a freaking dog. But here's the I thing: love him. you are you have very openly stated you don't like the Pac-12. I don't
0: like the Pac-12. So I. That's I don't think true. it's biased if you put him ahead. I really don't because I, I love, know how you feel about the
1: Pac-12. I love Jordan Addison. Can I ask you, I, I keep interrupting you, but how much pit tape did you watch of Addison? A little bit because his press coverage reps were much better at Pitt than they were at SC. Okay. Just statistically, right? PFF had him as like one of the best press coverage beaters in college football the year before. He was a lot better at Pitt, and I wonder how much this was like level of competition maybe. Right. Uh, well, but you hate the Pac-12. I do. But he played in the Pac-12 against Clark Phillips, against Key Blue Kelly, like against some yeah, yeah. NFL corners. I don't know if he was facing those guys at Pitt.
0: Not really. Not if he wasn't facing Clemson.
1: Right. So – When I looked at him against Clark Phillips, who's probably going to be like a top 50, he's definitely going to be top 50, probably like a fringe first-round corner um, from Utah. Uh, His biggest problem was playing through contact, getting off of press coverage, and and I would say even more so than that, once he got off the line of scrimmage, actually separating vertically over the top and being able to stack the corner and then finish by holding the line and catching the football, right? Like that type of skill I don't think is necessarily there for Jordan Addison uh, but he is absolutely explosive like he's a burst of energy right whenever he gets on the field he's versatile can play inside can play a little bit outside when he faces off coverage forget it like he eats up off coverage like his breaks are fantastic I love how he's deceptive and his routes too. every route looks the same coming off the line, which makes it really difficult to defend, especially at that speed. And then you also want the scheme touches, the yak, the Kadarius, Tony, like that. He's got that element of his game as well, and Lincoln Riley really featured that last year at SC. So he can do all those things. The pro comp is Devontae Smith. I think he's Devontae Smith 2.0 with one huge caveat. Devontae was much better at beating press coverage at Alabama than – Addison is at USC, but if you can scheme him away from contact, like I know a good coach like Bill O'Brien can, he's a stud. And you've also seen him beat press
0: elsewhere. Might have just been a down year kind of thing, right? Yeah.
1: just he doesn't pull away from press corners, right? They 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 grind him down, and and that worries me a little bit. I just think the versatility,
0: the explosiveness, all of it. You give him to a guy like Bill O'Brien, this is the kind of like I think JSN would be very good in New England. I do, but. I don't think he's going to be, like, an all-pro here in this system.
1: Addison's got that potential. Jordan
0: Addison, if they use him correctly, has top 10, maybe top 5 receiver in the league, potentially. He's a, and I'm not saying he's definitely going to get there, but I love his ceiling way more. And if they're really going to do this and take a wide receiver in the first round,
1: yeah. I'm all—
0: all boom. So, all so, boom. I just want the boom.
1: So this is funny because I have JSN as number one because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tactician, right? Like I'm a yeah. nerd. And when a guy runs the route the right way, it, it gets me all hot and bothered. It does, right? When yeah. you are told, okay, we got to run a 12-yard dig, and you run a 12-yard dig, I'm like, that guy's the dude, right? Right. I would take Jordan Addison at 14 over JSN. I take Jordan. Yeah, okay. Well, so then why do you have him ranked lower? Because I just think Jordan, I think JSN's
0: a better player right now. But I would take. But you, you, we started this whole thing by saying the list I is about
1: who's a fit for the Patriots. I would take. You th- didn't adhere to your own rules. I, I love know. this. This is so peak sports radio. I would take JS. I would take Jordan Addison at fourteen over JSN because of, unless JSN runs like a four four. Right. So okay. Right? So let me Can't have that aside. If
0: Jordan Addison runs like, or if, if JSN runs low four <laughs> fours, the take completely right? changes.
1: Oh, well, because they're both J's. Yeah. Um. Addison to me for the exact reason that you just said, yeah, potential ceiling, yeah. right? I think that that guy and it's funny because when I I thought about this, I I in my head I was like, Addison's like st- it's still a little early for me at fourteen. But then I remembered last year in the draft, you know, Garrett Wilson goes ten, Alave goes eleven, yeah, Jamison went twelve, and then Jahan Dotson. Right. right at sixteen, who we thought was a second round pick. So
0: right. So this is what this is the board. Quinton Johnson goes in the top five, then JSN's off the board because I do think there are teams that will have JSN over Addison's. Yes. Like those who could go in the top ten. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, Jordan
1: Addison at fourteen. If that's the guy you want, makes a ton of sense. Love that guy. Okay, number three on my list is everybody else's favorite. God. So let me, one all more right? thing about Jordan Addison. All your you
0: eagles out there. One more thing about Jordan Not Addison because it, it hits the tradition. Yeah. Or it hits the transition. Jordan Addison is what everybody around here thinks Zay Flowers is. <laughs> Zay
1: Flowers is number three. Yeah. I like Zay Flowers. I do. I see a lot of what everybody around here that gets them all hot and bothered at Zay or bust. Like I see it. He is an absolute jitterbug. Like, that is what he is. He's quick off the line. He's quick at the top of the route. He want, He runs a whip route like Julian Edelman and Wes Welker would be proud of, right? Like, he can right. get open on that short, underneath type of stuff. He does that. And you want a guy that can create after the catch – This is a guy that can wiggle out of a tackle, slip a few other dudes, and break it 40 yards down the sideline. And you wouldn't be surprised, right? Like, that's Zay Flowers. I also think that you have a little bit more of a vertical element to his game than JSN and Jordan Addison. At BC, at least. I don't know if it will translate fully. We'll see. Uh, But his ability on uh, the outside, on double moves, even against press coverage, like there's some really good reps of him getting off uh, press, you know, with his feet, obviously. And he's not a big guy. You're getting off with your feet and then you're getting vertical. Like he can do that too. He is a very, very talented player. Uh, The size does worry me. And I know I'm like splitting hairs with certain guys with size, but 5'9, 180, is he built? To catch eighty passes in the NFL, I don't think he's ever gonna like. I don't think he needs to be a hundred twenty, right? Like he doesn't need to right. be that volume because he's gonna hit some big plays. But, but isn't he gonna be that volume if they draft him? It's possible. Like here, or he might need to. Like is is he? Does his frame hold up over eighty hundred catches, and does his ability to get off contact and get out, you know, get away from physical coverage? Yeah. is that is he able to do that? So the the sort of yin and yang that I gave was, is he Hollywood Brown or is he Jalen Waddle, right? Like, because those are right. the those are the two prototypes, right? And Hollywood Brown and Jalen Waddle are smaller. But they came out. They were both four, three guys. But Waddle is an awesome player, and Hollywood Brown is like fine, right? Like right. he's a fine player. So, which one is he? Is he going to be? Which one? Uh, which side of the spectrum is he going to fall on? Because I think it's possible that he can go either in, in either direction.
0: Honestly, that's not even necessarily my concern. I just think he's pretty similar to Jordan Addison. But Jordan Addison's a better player. Jordan Addison's got what's like probably like six feet, like six foot, six five foot, eleven. One, yeah, six, six foot one eighty. I just yeah. looked it up. Yeah. So I just they're probably both going to be there at fourteen. I don't think Zay Flowers is a bad player, but I'm taking Jordan Addison ten times out of ten between the two of them. And I don't think either one's going to be there at forty six. So no, if you have a shot to draft one, odds are you have a shot to draft both. And if you have a shot to draft both, I'd much rather have Jordan Addison. So that's, that's why I can't get excited about Zay Flowers.
1: I do like Zay Flowers, though. And I do too, but one, I like Jordan Addison more. The one more. comparison, you know, I, I mentioned Jalen Waddle because I think Jalen Waddle has come into the league and as good as he is, he's a really good player. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but I don't know if he's necessarily been. And maybe it's just because of the way Miami uses him, especially now with Tyreek. But he's not been that like down the field vertical threat. I think that most people thought he was coming out he's been much more of like that slot receiver right that Uh, underneath yeah yeah. and i think that maybe that ends up being where zay ends up filling in in the nfl is more of like a really really good slot receiver um that wins on the inside that wins at the short and intermediate levels and then picks up the yak not necessarily someone that takes the top off the defense and i think that ends up ended up what happened a a little bit with waddle and that's okay. You know, Waddle's got, what, like 100 catches for 1,200 yards this yeah. year or something like that. Yeah. And that's in an offense where there's a lot of mouths to feed. So I, I, I like that comparison. I've also heard, uh, just quickly with the Zay Flowers comparison, I've heard a little bit on the field of Antonio Brown comparisons with him. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think that's a very lofty – like, there's certain guys that that's I try – That's the best
0: receiver in the league.
1: There's certain guys that I try not to compare – people too right like right i'm not going to compare anybody to randy moss because right. randy moss is one of one as much as a b is a head case i think a b as the player was one of one as well where yeah. I, I don't i think that's unfair uh to put that in in zay flowers uh category but i i can i can see from a playing style standpoint how you would get there if yeah. that makes sense but i can see
0: some of that with jordan addison too
1: yeah jordan addison i i think is just Devonte smith redux i really do and that's not i love Devonte. i'm not saying that's a bad thing Addison could be a slot receiver, though.
0: Yeah, I think so. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he plays in the slot, I see I, I see Antonio
1: Brown, but he can play in the boundary, too. Okay, so here's my last tier one guy, and we got some calls. We'll take yep. those, and then we'll get it quickly. We'll do the rapid fire more on the tier two guys. Here's the big one. Yeah. Number four on the list, the guy that everybody's already emailed in and called in and told me how much of a dum dumb I am for having him this low, Quinton Johnston from TCU. Number four. Yeah. He's too talented to not have in the top five of my ranking. I'll give you that. I will also give you that if the Pittsburgh Steelers draft him in April, he's going to be a star. Yep, one hundred percent. Or the Bengals. We know that. I it, uh, name me the six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pound outside big X receiver that the Patriots have drafted. I will even go as far as to say have acquired. That's not named Randy Moss. Right. That's turned out to be a good investment. By the way, T. Higgins, six four two
0: nineteen. Yeah. So you're campaigning for Higgins, but this is kind of the point, right? Who? Is, name. They, they, name they, it. they don't do it. I mean, the next closest guy, honestly, like in that prototype who had success here is probably Demarius Thomas. Did Demarius Thomas had a success here? The next closest behind. Mo- who was more successful than him in that prototype besides Moss? Like may,
1: like is does
0: Brandon look uh, so Brandon I was Lafell say, Brandon Br- Fell, not, not He's Lloyd. a different kind Brandon of receiver. Laf- Lafell, does he count? He was a different kind of receiver. Also, is he that big? He was definitely over six feet. I don't know if he was that yeah, big. Yeah, but I don't think he was like that I never thought of him as like that big
1: body jump ball eh,
0: six three, two ten. Yeah. Alright, so Brandon Lafell, Lafell would be the next closest.
1: And Lafell was already an NFL receiver, right? Like he already yeah. had in Carolina. So this he came is, here at the end of his career. This is my thing with, with this type of player. If you told me that the Patriots were going to go out and get D.K. Metcalf, I would tell you, yeah, D.K. Metcalf's a stud. He'd be a stud here. He'd be a stud in all 32 teams. But Seattle already developed D.K. Metcalf for you. People forget this. If D.K. Metcalf was drafted
0: in New England, he wouldn't be D.K. Metcalf. Right, exactly. It's nature versus nurture. The team that selects the player, the environment has as much to do with what the player becomes as the player himself.
1: Quinton Johnston's strengths are apparent. He... Average 18 yards a catch last year at TCU. He has stat lines like Moss-like stat line sometimes where it was like four for 160 and two touchdowns, right? Like, right. you know, just incredible big playability. Uh, he can get open down the field at ease. He wins at the catch point down the field. He uses that contested catch ability at six foot four. I went back and watched the National Championship game at George- against Georgia, and if Duggan wasn't under siege the entire game, he got open down yeah. the field a couple times, you know, for those big plays that he's known for. Uh, he's a runaway freight train with the football. If you can get him away from everybody right like they did it it was against Michigan right where he came on the shallow and just takes a shallow drag 60 yards to the house he can he can do that if you ask him to cut at the top of the route and get open he cannot do it he wears coverage every single time he went up against Julius Brents who we both really like he won every single time against Julian Brents every time he ran a vertical he won Though a couple of times that they asked him to run like an under or a slant or a dig, Brents was all over him. He can't separate at the top of the route. So unless they are going to be able to build an offense with this quarterback that can amplify a downfield threat like that, then Quentin Johnson is going to have a tough time in this offense. And I don't think he's Nikhil Harry. I don't. I think he's more explosive than Nikhil Harry. And I I think that he's much, uh, much more of a specimen than Nikhil Harry was. But is he Chad Jackson? Maybe
0: so. Chad Jackson to me is the comp because Chad yeah. Jackson was an athlete. And again, we didn't think Nikhil Harry was Nikhil Harry. I, I to me it's simpler than that. And I, I know I sound like a broken record, but here we go. They need speed. They need speed. And I, people come back and say, "Well, Quentin Johnson's going to run a four-four like four-four flat." Yeah. If Quentin Johnson at six-four-two-fifteen runs a four-four flat, you're not getting him at fourteen. Right. He's going in the top five. Right. If Quentin Johnson runs the 40 that justifies the Patriots drafting him, they will not be able to draft him. It's a catch 22. I said the name of the show. <laughs> He's not he can't be fast enough for you and still be on the board at 14 cuz he does other things That's, so well. That
1: is that twists the brain a little at bit. At that right there. point <laughs> at that point again, just yeah. take Jordan Addison. Okay. So Last thing on Quentin Johnston, and I'm sure we'll debate this until we're blue in the face for the next two months with people that disagree with me on this point, or else I should say because I think you're yeah. on my side. Um, I really just want to hammer home the point that I think he will be a good player in the league. Yeah, I don't think he will be the player. He will not reach his potential with you. Correct. And that's what we're talking
0: about And, and, and That's not just a Quentin Johnston thing, and that's not a Patriots thing. There are players the Patriots could draft that I think would hit their potential here that wouldn't hit their potential elsewhere. This is how the whole draft works. I I said this two years ago. I said we learned this lesson. I was going to make it a key point of whenever I cover the drafts. I'm going to bring it back. Will this player be good is not a question we can answer because it's the team that drafts the player makes such a difference. Look at what happened with Trevor Lawrence, right, where does he have that, that, that bad first year if he doesn't go to Jacksonville? Let's say the Niners draft him. Does he have that lost first year? Does Zach Wilson completely fall apart if he goes to another team, right? Uh, And it's not – it's at every position. Does Jamar Chase become Jamar Chase if he gets drafted by the Lions instead of the Bengals? Right. It's – the team that drafts a player is such a part of the equation. So, yeah, with Quint – and with certain guys, it's more true than others. There's some guys I think if they go anywhere, they'll succeed to a certain level. To me, a guy like Quentin Johnson, I would honestly say Johnson and Zay Flowers. This applies to both of them.
1: People are calling in to yell at me about
0: Their this. Their level of success will depend on where they end up in the scheme they end up in.
1: Very, very last thing on Quentin Johnson, I promise.
0: Is that he's terrible and you hate him.
1: No. Remember, I, I, I late in the process, I'm not going to say I, I discovered Christian Watson, but I started to really like yeah. Christian Watson. The difference that I... Oh, it's Eldred. I know he's calling in to argue about this. Okay. I... Uh, the difference between a guy like Quentin Johnson and, and Christian Watson, Christian Watson was loose, like he was fluid in his movements, and yeah. you saw it when they schemed up touches for him on jet sweeps and stuff like that, where he could weave and he could cut and he could, uh, you know, elude defenders. Quentin Johnson is just a runaway freight train, right? Like that's yeah. what he is, and I just see a rigid athlete and. That terrifies me for them. I just don't think that they get the most out of those types of players.
0: And by the way, we didn't discover Christian Watson. Somebody on our old show on the YouTube commented and said, You guys need to check this guy out. Next
1: Randy Moss. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Noah in Toronto. Thanks for hanging on, Noah. What's up? Noah, what's up? Hey, guys. I know you're
2: talking about wide receivers today, but I actually had a question about tackle. Sure. So, I think a common refrain on the show has been to sign one, draft one. But I guess I just wonder where Trent Brown fits into that. Um, I think if you take, use a first, either first round or second round pick on a tackle and spend on like Mike McGlenshy or Orlando Brown, I feel like it's kind of not the best use of resources to be paying Trent Brown a fairly significant amount. So, uh, uh, yeah, I guess I'm just wondering how you guys view that.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. No, thanks for calling in, Soto baby. So, I am I'm, I'm still, what do you call it, Soto? Soto, sign one draft. one. I, I'm still in that in that school thought for the most part, but I, I really love this tackle class. And now that we we can say reportedly yeah. that Adrian Clem is supposed to be the offensive yeah. line coach next year, I'm a little bit more con- convinced that they can draft tackles and develop them. Yeah. So if that's the I, I'm a little bit getting a little bit off the sign one train a little bit because I think that or like, let's take our, our boy Dewan Jones from Ohio yeah. state. He's probably just a better player than Mike McGlinchey, right? Like, yeah, I, I shouldn't say he's a better player, but like, like kind of like what Noah was saying, like cost allocation DeWan Jones on a rookie contract or $60 million for Mike McGlinchey. Right. Uh, that's the conversation. So
0: when I say sign one, draft one, I'm talking about one left, one right. And the thing with Trent is he had a down year. He's over 30, and he's on the final year of his contract anyway. So, and I, I hope I get the numbers right because I know I saw Miguel is listening, and shout out to Miguel. Yeah. They save like $10 million, I believe, if they cut Trent Brown.
1: Yeah. You do.
0: can go and spend that money significantly. Like, that's a good player, $10 million. And then, so it's not, you get what I'm saying? You're not just like throwing money at a tackle who's not going to play. Even if Trent Brown comes back, though, you sign a guy to play opposite for him, I would still like, in a class that's this deep at tackle, draft a guy, and maybe it's not in the first round at that point, maybe now we're getting in the second or third round, but use a premium pick, draft a tackle on a guy who is going to sit behind Trent Brown this year and develop, and then next year, because you're not re-signing Trent yes. Brown after this year, next year you have the guy you signed or drafted on one side, and you have this guy you drafted on the left side right so either like Trent Brown's almost irrelevant to this they need they're going to need two tackles between this offseason and next season yeah so
1: no way and depth they're going to need depth they only have two tackles under contract well, that's for next why year right I think now they need to double dip in the draft because right. and maybe the double dip you know if we and if they end up using it on a receiver or something, you know, they trade the pick yeah. for a receiver or whatever, you know, maybe it's just like what they just did with the Joneses where it's a third and a fourth round double dip yeah. or something. I don't love that as much. As I still think I, I, early and mid is where yeah. I would go with it too. I'm just saying, you know, if they end up having to not pivot from that idea and maybe that's something that they could Look, do. they need to come out of this off with at least one
0: guaranteed plug and play starter tackle, whether that's yes. in free agency or the draft. Yes. At the same time, I, the second guy they add doesn't need to be plug-and-play, but he needs to be a guy that's ready to take over for Trent Brown in a year. Yeah. But I, I, I don't, like, I I don't like,
1: mind the bridge, Trent
0: Brown. Right. I don't mind that. I kind of like the idea of getting two plug-and-play guys in a year where tackles are so readily available because it might not look like this again next year. Yeah. I like the idea of getting two plug-and-play guys in a year where tackles are so readily available and then using that $10 million you would have spent on Trent Brown elsewhere.
1: Yeah. I Maybe. Mean, they can cut them. They can save a lot of money when there. It,
0: what, what do you think James Bradbury is going to get on the open market?
1: After he held Juju Smith-Schuster yeah. or before? After.
0: <laughs> We're living in this world. Like about $10 million probably, 10, right? Twelve. yeah. I'd rather have James Bradbury than Trent Brown, even if it means I have to add another tackle. Yeah.
1: I, 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 I'm I, all for throwing as many resources at tackle as you possibly can. Yes. Especially, like, this year specifically. Because I think at wide receiver, like, you need one. Right? Like you need one wide receiver. Right. I think at corner, you need one corner. Right. You need one six foot three corner. Wherever you find them, it doesn't really matter. But you need one guy that can play the outside with some size. Right. At tackle, you need starters and you need depth. Right. Because your entire right tackle depth chart is a free agent. Right. Isaiah Wynn, Marcus Cannon, uh, Yadni, McDermott. All of them are free agents. So you need depth. You need, you just need numbers. And you yeah. also need starting caliber players. But maybe the answer, just to throw some names out there, because like, I don't hate Trent Brown as a bridge if you draft more of like a developmental yeah. tackle. Like a guy like Jalen uh, Duncan from Maryland, sure, yeah. he's extremely athletic, has all the tools to play left tackle in the league, but super raw. Like his technique is re- really needs a lot of work. Would it benefit him? I don't know if it would benefit him sitting just because of practice rules, but that's a whole different can of worms. Yeah. But would it benefit him sitting behind Trent Brown for a year and then taking over in his second season maybe maybe
0: By the way Miguel still listening awesome
1: love that thank
0: you 7.25 million they save if they cut him 10.25 if they trade him so e- I mean either way that's significant
1: money Yeah All right David what's up David
2: Hey guys how's it going
1: Hey good thanks
2: Uh so I had a f- my first thing I had on the draft so I know you got to cover all your bases when you're preparing for the draft but I feel like I haven't really covered much in the receivers this year as, as much as I did last year because I just don't see us taking a receiver in round one. Uh, when Zay Flowers was like a second-round pick, I was interested in him, and I still love Zay Flowers, but as soon as he kind of rose into being a first-round pick, I'm like, I don't think I don't think we're going to get him. So I'm a big fan of taking a tackle in round one, mostly, preferably Skrowski if he's there. Um, and then for... I just wanted to get your thoughts on some receivers. I don't know if you touched on this in the beginning of the show, but uh, some potential receivers that we could get for uh, rumors. I heard. I don't know how true this is, but the Felger and Maz report about Debo Samuel, and then maybe Keenan Allen as free agent signing.
1: Yeah, so I'm glad you brought up uh, Keenan Allen, David. And, so, and your show yeah. said that about Debo Samuel. They did, Jimmy Stewart. Your show, Jimmy.
0: Jimmy's phone knows. <laughs> let me. Does let it? me. Let me say this Just about kidding. Zay Flowers like real him. quick because he said that thing about I like Zay Flowers in the second but not in the first. Zay Flowers' stock is from here is probably going to drop. Yeah. And that's not a slight at Zay Flowers but what happens coming out of the Senior Bowl and the Shrine Bowl is so the top tier like the top, top tier players don't participate really in those They're really running things. with this Debo Samuel. Yeah, they have now. it on right now. Yeah. Um, the top, top tier of guys don't participate in any of those games, right? So you see, guys like Zay Flowers, um, or even further down, like a guy like Demario Douglas. I showed you the chart of yeah. where his like consensus stock is. It shot up after the Shrine Bowl. Yeah, Zay Flowers, he wasn't competing against Jordan Addison. He wasn't competing against Jackson Smith and Jigba. It was just him. That's why his stock went through the roof because he was in the spotlight. Once we like we don't the first real we use these projections a ton and it is what we have to go by right now. The projections don't—like, the first time the projections become real is after the combine. Yeah. Because Jordan Addison's going to show up at the combine and remind everybody why he's Jordan Addison. (laughs) And it's going to—like, some people have Zay ahead of him right now. That's not going to happen once the combine happens, right? And this is going to happen in all these other positions, too. Everybody's all high on DeJuan Jones. Well, four of the other top five tackles we haven't heard from in the last couple months. Yeah.
1: I I think uh, that—I think Zay's an
0: end-of-the-first-round
1: pick. I I think
0: he's an end-of-the-first-round Yeah. I people talking about him going in like the top fifteen. That's just prisoner of the moment from the shrine.
1: Yeah, I think he's end of the first round. Hollywood Brown, um, Brandon Cooks, right? Like I think Brandon Cooks was like 24, yeah. 25, 26 in his year. Like that's the type of guy that he is, and I, I think he's right there. All right, Eldred, lay it on me, Eldred. Hey, Evan. Hey,
3: hey. hey. I'm not gonna lay it on you, bro. I like you, but um, <laughs> those tackles. Through most of the drafts, they're going to be gone before they even get to ten. Most of those, most of those tackles. Yeah, I don't disagree you know. with that. But uh, Quinn, uh, I can't understand why you think the guy is slow because he's 6'4". He, he's a speedster.
1: I don't think he he's also, slow.
3: He also break, he's, not, he's not slow no, at all. He about, he's not slow. I say about a four three eight, maybe a four, 4
1: Not he slow. He's right. open
3: and he separates.
1: I don't think he's
0: slow. I, I, I we can, but I'll say that out if right he now. if that guy runs four three eight, he's top five pick.
1: We can stop talking about him.
3: Oh, he is. Uh, Houston, they got him going to Houston at twelve.
1: Yeah, he's not. He's not slow. No, definitely not slow. Uh, I, I just don't think he. I, I don't think he gets open at the first and second level, Eldridge. Like on a slant, on an under, on a dig, like on routes underneath the defense. And I get that that's not necessarily what you're asking him to do either. Uh, but that's what they ask receivers to do here. And I don't think that he's got the route running ability uh to thrive here and I don't know if they necessarily I don't have confidence in them developing him into that type of player or using him correctly. So that that's sort of where I'm at with Quentin Johnson is it's we, not about Quentin uh, Johnson. Uh, it's about the Patriots.
3: Patriots, okay. But I have seen him run slants and stuff in ends. But see I said the same thing about Debo not excuse me, DK Metcalf. And we picked the darn Harry and Fred. Them said the same thing. He's just a one trick pony. So, so let he me. Came in and, and, and took our all pro cornerback and made him look like he was a ballerina. So,
1: El- <laughs> Eldred, let me ask you this though, because we brought this up earlier. Because I think DK is a good example. Do you think DK Metcalf mm-hmm. becomes DK Metcalf if the Patriots drafted him?
3: Yeah, with Brady, when Brady was still here, yeah, because that'd been his breakout receiver and it opened up the middle. I think he would have been. Plus, you had Josh McDaniels here. So that would have worked. And that's why I kept saying and uh, Me and BK, we wanted him. And then I'm like, uh, like I told Paul, he don't remember, he owed me a dinner. I told him, anybody pick before Harry and after Harry, I have a better season than he do, and I bet you a dinner. We bet it, but he ain't paid up yet. Well, I'll say that. Do you remember who the
0: – you mentioned the coaching staff. Do you remember who the wide receiver coach was that year? Troy oh Brown. It was Joe Judge. It was Joe Judge. Who was also the special teams coordinator.
3: It's bad. The wide receiver coach with George with, with Joe Judge in 2019. Yep. Yeah,
1: it yep. was bad.
3: 2019. Oh mate. bad. I times. didn't know that. I thought it was Troy. So no, Troy came. Question, you,
1: um, Troy, I think, might have been. He was the running backs coach that yeah, year. Yeah, I think again. he might have been on the staff already. But yeah, Eldred, I think that's just uh, we we both like Quentin Johnson in a vacuum, like just on his own, right? I, I think we yeah. both. Uh, like, Troy wasn't here yet, Think he's now. a great great talent. Uh, we're just not convinced that the Patriots would would be the best fit for him in, in terms of scheme and and all and you know development and all that kind of stuff.
3: One question. Uh, I know this might be a guess with y'all, but I'll ask you one question. Why didn't he bring Sean uh, Jeffries uh, as a Jefferson. Office, um, wide receiver, you know, with 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 Billy O'Brien instead of keeping Troy Brown as uh, wide receiver? Because after last year, I think he failed as a, as a coach too, as coaching those wide receivers up. It's a, it's a NFL quality.
1: It's a fair point, and thanks for the call, Algebra. We're just up against it a little bit. I Troy Brown, I we got an email about this yeah. a, earlier as well, Alex, about why uh, has is Troy Brown not in the crosshairs a little bit more after the way the wide receivers performed last year we were on this a little bit like I, I brought yeah. it up a little bit during this in season during the season uh, about how you gotta call a spade a spade and when the yeah. wide receivers are running bad routes and have terrible spacing and uh, are not technically sound and it, some of it has to come on their position coach right not all of it but yeah. some of it and uh, so I think that that's definitely fair I think the problem with Sean Jefferson or uh, Keenan McCardell Keenan McCardale, yeah. I don't think that they were coming here for lateral moves. Right, it
0: would have been a lateral move. You, if you wanted them here, that you would have had to make them the offense coordinator.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that that's where they sort of lost out on that. Uh, maybe it's Ross Douglas. Maybe he ends up developing into yeah. a little bit. Uh, he's the assistant wide receiver coach right now. But yeah, I I'm with everybody where I wish that not nothing against Troy. I I love Troy as a player, and I I think he he's a good guy. Uh, but I just think that maybe a little bit of help there wouldn't kill anybody right maybe maybe it is Ross Douglas or maybe Bill O'Brien being back and having a respectable NFL caliber scheme will change that There was one other thing that I can't remember which caller brought it up was Keenan Allen I, I wanted to to talk about that I, I'm not in on Keenan Allen I I'm not I love how Keenan Allen plays football yeah. I think he's a great player I think he was a great player I'm really weary of injuries with him like he and, and it's not like he, he doesn't have like I don't think like a torn Achilles or a torn ACL on his injury history, but he's got all these nagging like hamstring poles. And like, he's just seems to always miss like three or four games a year. And then a couple more games he's limited in, he plays, but he's limited, right? Like there's yeah. always these soft tissue I- injuries and maybe it's just the Chargers' training staff. No offense. I, look maybe. Hunter Henry. We said this about yeah.
0: him and he came here. I think he's missed one game his whole time. If that, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind Keenan Allen. He's not at the top of my list. Like, they could do a lot worse, but he's been the most targeted receiver in the NFL the last two years. He was great for Justin Herbert's development. So seeing what yeah. he does for a young quarterback, like, that part of it intrigues me. But, yeah, the injuries, the age. Yeah. I Again, they could do worse. They could do better, but they could do worse.
1: Yeah. All right, Nick in Rhode Island. What's up, Nick? Hey, guys. are you? My two Good. favorite guys from this draft are uh... – Tank
2: Dell and Cody Mock. I know that Tank is Cody, short size and everything, which is this morning. Uh Cody Mock, though, how do we get him on this team? Uh, yeah, mentality is incredible. Now uh, Nick is speaking his, my I, language. Evan
0: wants to take the I, F- FCS his, uh, guard.
2: I've watched all his interviews. The guy has like an incredible mentality. I went as far as looking at his Instagram. Like I saw like a back and forth with him and his sister. This is how deep I'm going with this guy, and they're like talking to each other about. You know, I'm gonna throw you I in a haystack it. and like bury you. Like they're, they're messing with each other. Like this guy's like corn-fed off the farm eats nails, the
1: right? Spot. He eats nails. Watch,
2: yeah, he's amazing. If, if you watch his tape, he's so athletic. The way he moves, very smooth. This is a I great call. play hockey too, so I know we have like it's kind of a jigsaw puzzle getting tackles and and line on our team right now with all the needs. How do we fit this guy in our team? If I'm a coach, I want this mentality on my team. What's the way that we can get him on the squad?
1: Awesome call, Nick. Fantastic call. I cannot call. believe I am sitting here.
0: With Fantastic Evan Lazard geeking call. out about an FBS or sorry FCS guard missing teeth with long hair. This is the guy. This guy, guy eats nails for
1: breakfast. This is the He's guy. He's hammers. In Evan his has belt. hated
0: for years. For years, I bring this guy up, and Evan rolls his eyes at me. We did it with Troy yes. Anderson last year. We, we did, did it with him. all of these guys last year. We did past years. But uh, this
1: guy's a hog, Molly Alex. This guy's nasty. He's nasty. All right, he buries people into the ground. He 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 churns them out. The problem is is he's a freaking guard. If he just had some longer arms, you don't think there's any chance he can play tackle in the NFL? You think there's no chance? I I, very little. Okay, I I think he like he could play tackle like everybody like could play tackle at this level. Like once we're talking about this level, we're talking about guys that can play NFL football, but. He's got issues beyond just his length, uh, you know, with foot speed and ability to kind of get out to landmarks on an island and redirect and change direction. It it kills me. I'm doing a, I did wide receivers already, as you know. I'm doing tackles and corners as well before the combine, and I, I, I might even put Cody Mock as like a, as with an asterisk at the bottom. Yeah, because it just he is awesome, awesome offensive lineman, but he's a guard. I, he is yeah. a guard. And some people actually think that his best position might actually end up being center because he's going to be like Jason Kelsey at center, right? But This is unreal. I'm sorry. You like the you're you're, you're yes. super into the kicker. Yeah. You're super into I the, like the, the kicker. The North Dakota State guard. This is like, what happens when you take me to the Shrine Bowl and I start to like look Cody at Cody s- Mock wasn't even at the Shrine Bowl. I know, but he's that I watched the senior This Bowl. is unbelievable. This guy just puts people in the dirt and we then he like, laughs at you afterwards. I love We are 3 that. years away from
0: you with me and trying to take the navy fullback in the first round
1: no you wanted to take the, the andre carter from Army. i Just i never said i wanted Co- to cody I never said i wanted the to club at, everybody at threw the him out of the club. my goodness everybody threw me Guy club. had a tough week he all did. right so i love that cody mock call uh let's go rapid fire through the yep. next tiers of wide receivers and we'll, we'll wrap here uh so at number five I, I have all these guys kind of in that day two same sort of round uh yep. rage Josh Downs from North Carolina, who I mocked in 1.0. Really like his game. Uh, your guy, Keyshawn Butte from LSU. Too low. Too low. He's the guy. And uh, actually, I'm going to say those two guys. I think the next guys are kind of in the next in a tier I, I, three. I think
0: so. But let me just say this about Butte real quick. Go ahead. And you wrote this. If they really are sniffing around on Debo Samuel, that's the were, guy I they want. going to love that. And that's the guy they want. Keyshawn, Keyshawn Butte. Am I wrong? Remember? No, you're not. Remember how I said before? Just because a guy doesn't go in the first round doesn't mean he's not a first round talent. Yeah. Kayshawn Boutte is a first round talent, and frankly, if if the other stuff is, if the rumors are correct about what the other stuff is, Uh, it's bad. It's
1: really not that bad. It's he didn't break any laws. Yes, he did. This isn't this is not a conversation no, we can have. First on round here. talent. First <laughs> round
0: football talent. I'm in. I am so he's, in on him at 46. He's,
1: he's definitely first round football talent. Uh I just looked it up. He's not quite as as thick as uh as Debo. Well, you okay? gotta add 10
0: pounds for when he gets in the NFL weight. But he
1: man. but he's six feet two oh two oh five. Debo's so, what? Like six foot two fifteen? No, yeah, like two twenty, two fifteen. Yeah. He's Debo's You know that guy's that guy's a staunch build. All right, well, butte can get there. But butte's got that. He's not like a jitterbug like Zay Flowers. He's not overly elusive in that sense. But he's elusive in the I'm really fast and really big sense where it's like hard to tackle. He will also like he will
0: sneaky run run over you like run through you. He
1: is yeah. And and this is the same
0: about Debo. He's like kind of a power runner.
1: He's exactly like he's like sort of a power back. So
0: bute yes. Boutte at 46, I love it. I, I would love that pick.
1: Out of all of like the, let's just take a big swing on day two, Boutte's the guy. If you're just trying to swing big...
0: Give me the ceiling. Give me the boom. Good, he's the Give guy. Give me the boom.
1: But... If I'm the Patriots, and if I'm any other team that's really considering drafting him, you better really do your homework. The meeting on that will kid. be important. The yeah. meeting
0: will be very important.
1: Yeah, but he uh, he definitely has that Debo. I'll call him Mini Debo because he's not quite as big as Debo. I don't think, but he's got that that Debo uh, running ability. Where when he gets the football in his hands, he's just he's a running back. Yeah, he's a running back. I'll tell you, he's like I know you don't like the fact that how little he played. When he's yeah. on the field, he's a gamer.
0: That dude is tough. He'll go over the middle, take a shot, pop right back up, and go again. You can't intimidate that guy.
1: No, he's – I like his game. I do. I was just – I was arguing just to argue with you all about all right. that. All right, so we got Boutte and Josh Downs yeah. in that next tier. Josh Downs from UNC, um, kind of like a Zay Flowers light, right? Like, so sort of like in that Zay Flowers I, conversation. I don't think he's that athletic. I think he's like his
0: ceiling's like a better version of Jacoby Myers.
1: Yeah, he's he's a little. I think what I like about him is his he, he's five ten and that low center of gravity. He really plays into that yeah. where he can get low and really sink in and out of a cut and and really change directions on people. I also think like he's
0: just super consistent. Yeah. The guy doesn't have I don't want when I say he doesn't have good games, he doesn't have bad games, it's not to say he doesn't produce, but he's gonna like his stat line, his production is so consistent. You know what you're getting from him play in and play out, and that's so underrated.
1: Last thing I'll mention about Boutte. What worries me about bute is not that he they're gonna miss on the talent. What worries me is that he's going to be awesome for, like, two games, and then we're never going to hear from him again because he gets hurt or something like that, right? Like,
0: I'll take the risk.
1: I I I just I don't want to do risk. that. I, it's going to break my heart. I'll I take don't want to see that happen. All right. Uh, here comes, like, the last tier here, I guess we can call it. Yeah. Uh, Tank Dell. Yeah. Nathaniel Dell from Houston. Would be a
0: first-round pick if not for his size.
1: He's Marcus Jones, but he's a receiver. Yeah. 5'8", 160, absolutely tiny like literally absolutely tiny but let me ask this pound for
0: pound is there a more explosive player in this draft
1: he's up there and he took over on returns for marcus jones and marcus jones came to the nfl for the pats he's literally marcus jones but just instead of a corner he's a receiver right that's who he is uh i really like this player i wish he was better at, at the senior bowl from what i saw at the senior bowl xavier hutchinson from iowa state he, uh, some people got him all wrong. We talked about this. We were texting about this. And yeah. Uh, some people think that he's like a a big body outside, you know, ex receiver wins nope. jump balls. Now this is a big slot. Yep. He's Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers, uh, yeah. uh, Tyler Boyd. He's that. Yeah. That group. Which that's not to say that he can't. What what he wins contested is like over the middle contested, right? Right. Where he's yeah. in traffic and he's got to catch the football and hang tough with it. He has that Jacoby like that sudden change of direction yeah. where he's not like very fast in a straight line but he's just got that little you know shake yeah. in a, in his game they were when he cuts you can like kind of see it pop right, right? you know where he yeah. gets in and out of that break uh, i w- like i said i wish he was a little bit more uh i wish he was better at, in the film i saw from mobile but i think uh, one-on-ones is maybe not where he's gonna yeah thrive. it's not because he doesn't have that pure athleticism like guys like tank dell or uh, the kid from michigan state uh reed right? yeah like those guys are gonna pop because they're just fast right Yeah. but uh, he's not really like that a- another guy that i think is a little bit uh, forgotten at-, at times in this class is marvin mims from oklahoma uh he's really fast <laughs> that's definitely like bottom line right really really explosive really fast receiver uh he's somebody that fits that speed slot role if that's sort of what so, you want
0: i'll say this about marvin mims there is not a player in this class that is better at making spectacular catches than marvin mims And weigh that however you want go back and, and one catch does not define evaluation but i will urge people this Look up the catch. This Mar- is an Aaron Dobson
1: situation. Isn't Look up it? the
0: no, because he's done a, eh, a it more. Or bit. Nikhil Harry against SC. Look up the catch Marvin Mims made in the 2021 Red River game. That might be the. It's a top three greatest football catch I've ever seen. It is unbelievable. And then he also made the catch of the year last year against Texas Tech.
1: Yeah, so he was somebody I, I what's the So uh, let me let me say this, body
0: control, elite 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 body control Yeah, and
1: speed. Uh, what was the what's the wide receiver award in college football I guess? the Blingtonkov. Yeah, Blingtonkov he was a finalist for the Blingtonkov yeah. and and it went to the guy that I'm, I I want to touch on really really quickly. Yeah. Here at the end that's not even on this list or an honorable mention for a reason. Number 10 Cedric Tillman from Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to include another big body X receiver on this list. Yeah, and I think you have him too high. I, I like Tillman a lot. I- 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 what I really liked about him was if you're going to be that player, if you're going to yeah. be an X receiver, outside boundary receiver, you got to be able to stop. And I know that that sounds so silly when I say that. But what I mean by well, that changing is it's not just change of direction. It's like when you get vertical, right? if you can stop it down on a dime, yep. that's really, really helpful because then you separate on back shoulders, come back, right. stop right. Brandon
0: Cooks was very good right. at Right.
1: So, you need to be able to get that corner to drive by. Right? Yeah. Where you're running, the corner's running, you stop on that dime and he keeps going and you're de- and you're down and open. Right? Right. Uh, I think that a, a guy that you know really could have benefited from that uh, is somebody like Nikhil Harry. If he yeah. had that ability, then I think he would have been a much better NFL prospect. I think Cedric Tillman has that ability You know, you watch him against Keely Ringo from Georgia, uh, who has some change of direction and hip stiffness issues, and he just ate him up underneath the defense, right? He would just get vertical, get on that vertical stem, stop it down, and Keely Ringo would be like, bye bye, right? Like, just watch him run by you. That's a a guy that I I can get behind there. Uh, Cedric Tillman, like his, uh, you know, his his skill set for that big body uh bigger body x receiver where I think he has a little bit of fluidity and, and stop start ability the guy that I did not uh do you have a big take on Cedric Tillman or you no,
0: I want to ask you about two your honorable mentions real okay. quick but Can you're I, going to talk about Jalen Hyatt I
1: need to talk about Jalen Hyatt yeah he's not on the list you hate Jalen Hyatt I, I I do hate Jalen Hyatt <laughs> I'll admit it like I don't he's hate literally him as, making catches behind us on the I, TV d- right now I don't now. mean I'm I hate Henton him Hoker. as a person all right I hate him as a prospect, okay, because this is a, a problem that people need to get their head around when it comes to evaluating these receivers, and that is that college football is fugazi, all right? It's not real, okay? A lot of the things that they do in college football with the way that they use receivers, especially in that Tennessee offense, is not translatable to the NFL. So what they used to do with, uh, with Hyatt is they put him in a stack, Right? So we have a receiver yeah. in front of him, and then he'd be behind him, and they'd be all the way out wide, like outside the numbers out wide, and then the guy would literally just run like a pick for him so that he could get off the line of scrimmage, okay? Yeah. So the guy would just block for him essentially, and then Hyatt would just run behind him and get open. And he as soon as Hyatt gets to that top gear, he can run through any defense. I'll give him that. He's the yeah. fastest dude alive in a straight line. But at the NFL level, In order to be like a a true thousand yard big time production receiver, you need to be able to beat press coverage. And I have no evidence whatsoever from his film because all they did at Tennessee was scheme him away from yeah. press coverage. Whether it was motion, alignment, whatever. So I don't know if he can beat press coverage because he never did it. I don't know if he can run another route besides a vertical. All he ran was verticals. And that works at the college level, but when you get up here, ask Taekwond Thornton. Like as soon once you get up to the NFL, everybody is just as fast as you are. You right. are no longer just the fastest kid on the playground. That doesn't apply unless you're Tyree Kill. All right? So that's a problem that I have with Jalen Hyatt.
0: They're just guys that their whole life have won by being fast, so they don't necessarily develop the rest of the skill set. I think with Hyatt, a lot of people look at the game he had against Alabama, and they say five touchdowns against Alabama. Yeah. There must be something there. You, as impressive as that was, and it truly was impressive, you can't build an entire draft draft. Uh, report off of one game you just can't do it right you have to look at the full body of work all right i want to ask you about two of your honorable mentions rakim jarrett from maryland yes is a guy i actually really think he almost was 10 on this list he should have been um sorry no it's fine i I, i'm trying to pull something up real quick rakim jarrett is a guy i think the patriots would like and a big part of that reason is they like have historically liked guys and jc jackson fits into this um Who are the other examples? Um, And I'm blanking, but there's a bunch. Guys who are high-ranked recruits coming out of high school. Byron Cowart. Byron Cowart's another one. Byron Cowart. Who maybe didn't click in college, especially at smaller programs, to see what's untapped. I want to pull up the, the recruit rankings from that year, but Rakim Jarrett in the slot, one of these guys that can create after the catch in the third or fourth round, just checks a ton of boxes for them.
1: Yeah, he's a little you know, you mentioned like guys like Harbin and K- Kadarius Toney Yeah. I think he's got that that type of speed. Uh, I don't know if he's got that type of uh you know ball carrying skill necessarily like Tony does, but he's got that kind of speed. So yeah. here we
0: go. Hang on. The twenty twenty four seven who does the big recruiting list. Yeah. This is the twenty twenty class wide receiver rankings. Yeah. Julian Fleming's still in school he's at Ohio State. Kaishawn Butte. Yep. I'm just gonna skip the guys who are still in school. So Kishon Butte, then Rakim Jarrett. Yeah. Was originally committed to LSU, switched to Maryland, then Jackson Smith and Jigba, and then you got to go way down to get. The, and then Quinton Johnson's down at 14. Josh Downs is at 17. Patriots are out. Well, not, Mar- not a good enough high school process. Marvin Mims at 29, but here's my point Jalen Hyatt's at 33. Like, yeah, in terms of the high school rank, which don't dictate everything, of course, you're not drafting out the high school rankings, but it is something I think the Patriots like to look at. Rakim Jarrett's only behind Kayshawn Boutte from that class.
1: Yeah. I like Rakim Jarrett. I liked what I saw out of him. He was one of the last guys that I watched. And I was, if I didn't want to pigeonhole another ex outside receiver like Cedric Tillman into this list, yeah. he probably would have made the list. Uh, the other guy that I would just mention really quickly um, is. Uh, your guy charlie jones So okay i can't believe you didn't mention it well no, i said i wanted to ask you about two of your honorable mentions <laughs> you finally watched charlie jones i've
0: been begging bit. you to watch charlie I, jones not a, i didn't
1: i i didn't do a full thing on him but i did enough to put him on the list jacoby myers yeah yeah straight up like uh, straight up so I, I i will say this really quickly though and
0: we've compared half these receivers to jacoby he, myers not, but it's that he, kind of he's draft. not cooper cup he's or, not cooper no, no. okay no he's not I,
1: and i don't think he's even hunter renfro Right. No, uh,
0: he's closer to Renfro than Cup. But right, no. but I
1: don't want to get this out there that like this guy is like the next Cooper Cup. That's, that's not the case, but he was ultra, ultra productive.
0: He's going to go seven yards. He's going to find the hole in the coverage. He's going to catch the ball and get tackled, and he's going to do that so,
1: so 15 times a game, but that's what he does. And I'm not – this is, I think, still kind of – we're still in that ceiling territory, yeah. but I always like look at guys like that like Danny Amendola, right? Like, no,
0: Amendola is much faster than he is, and Charlie Jones is much bigger.
1: Okay, so you think he's better than or different than Amandola? I
0: very different than Amandola.
1: Okay. I might Jaco- like to me he I, we've compared a lot of
0: players to Jacoby Myers in this. But no, you said Xavier Hutchinson
1: than, literally is Jacoby Myers.
0: I don't see a huge difference between Xavier Hutchinson and Charlie Jones except Xavier Hutchinson's a little bit bigger. Yeah,
1: and that's why I like him. I like the catch radius. All right. So there's the wide receivers. Uh, We're going to be back next week on Thursday to do combine preview uh, because I'll be headed out to Indy on uh, Tuesday of the following week. So we'll do a full combine preview on Thursday in the show next week. We'll talk arm lengths. We'll talk 40-yard dashes. uh, What else? We'll talk, uh, you know, hand sizes, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into it. It'll be fun. So we'll see you guys then, and thanks so much for listening.